Welcome to the Creative Finance Playbook, where we'll show you how to buy property without banks or credit using creative finance strategies. Join your hosts, Jen and Joe Delafave, as we embark on a thrilling journey to financial freedom through real estate. With our expert advice and insider tips, you'll learn how to build wealth and achieve your dreams. So tune in and get ready to take control of your financial future. Welcome, everybody. Welcome, welcome. Hi, guys. You guys all get checked in to another Tuesday Live. We got some special guests in the house today, some friends of ours, and uh, we can't wait to share some cool stuff. I got my wife, Jen, as our co-host, and today we have Michelle and Andrew, and you guys are out of... Columbia, South Carolina. Carolina, right? Yep. So very cool. Thanks for joining in today. These guys have a fascinating story, really, really cool background, how, what they got started into real estate and where they are now. Uh, we were fortunate enough to get connected in one of our mastermind groups. And there was a meetup going on here in Tampa, but we met prior to that when we were on Andrew's uh, podcast and it was really awesome. So we knew when we were going to be meeting at the mastermind, we had to connect and hit it off. Awesome. So really cool story, guys. Thank you for joining. If you have any questions, please drop them down in the chat and uh, we'll make sure we get to those, but we have some cool stuff. So let's start it off, guys. Who are you? Obviously, we know this build the beans on where you live and uh, give us a little snapshot what your world looks like now. Who are we, honey? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll, I'll start it off because real estate started before we met. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm from Columbia, uh, only lived out of Columbia for like two years total. And, um, 2007 graduated college thought landlords were making all the money because all of us were paying rent and, um, well, found out quickly that that was wrong, <laughs> but, uh, didn't want to live at home anymore. So I went and bought a house, uh, 2007. So ended up buying it with no money down, uh, zero out of pocket, actually made 350 bucks at closing table, walked away with a check. And, um, uh, that was like, I had no idea what I was doing. I just thought I didn't want to pay. I didn't want to pay rent anymore. Had a roommate that was helping me pay the mortgage. And then we met about a year later or about six, eight months later, and she thought I was crazy at that moment, but she stuck around, figured it out. And we got married 2010, mm -hmm. 2010. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She's from, I guess, so you can talk about where you're from, but, um, married 2010, had a couple of rental houses and then 2015, 16, 16, we got, we had two kids, one on the way, a handful of rental houses, not any money, no profit from it. Just a bunch of pains in the butts. Uh, we were painting a house one weekend and we said, this has got to stop. <laughs> we're not making any money. We got too many kids to just spend our weekends painting. So we made a decision that we would make real estate either go away or become revenue and become our income. So we said, all right, we're going to, we're going to try to make this thing work and set a goal to get enough rental houses so that Michelle could retire. And Long story short, 2018, we did it. We both retired and here we are. Um, you want to add to that and where you're from? Oh, well, I'm from Macon, Georgia, originally. Um, there's not a whole lot there. So if you know where Macon is, congrats. <laughs> <laughs> Moved to Columbia in 2003. Um, I grew up watching all the 
um, TLC trading spaces and this old house shows. So I was always intrigued by real estate. And so when, uh, when Andrew presented in 2016, like you said, we were pregnant with our third kid. The other two were three and a half and two. (laughs) So when I was pregnant with the third one, we were doing a flip. And he was doing nights and weekends working on that flip. And I literally said, I will kill you if you don't hire somebody to finish this house. (laughs) Because being that pregnant with two small kids at home, it was really hard. Um, And so that flip kind of launched us into um, a really big snowball um, that uh, the guy who was mentoring Andrew at the time basically said, buckle your seatbelts because if you really want to go all in, you can. And so we did. And, uh, it was a wild ride for the first probably 18 months. Mm -hmm. Um, but we're now at a point where we have the rentals that we wanted to have. We've been able to flip several properties, um, and still growing, which is great. Yeah. So right now, just kind of, a what the business looks like now. So we can kind of go from the beginning to the end is we have a retail agency with some broke, some agents under us. We flip, I don't know, 20 houses a year kind of depends on what happens. Um, we have a little over a hundred rental units and a really successful wholesaling quote. We just call it our marketing company, which feeds all of that. So do you guys catch that? Right? So you guys have multiple sources of income. First of all, bravo on your journey, right? So it's, and I think this is why we resonated so well with you guys, because you sound so much like Jen and myself, Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, already kind of doing a little bit before we met, we meet, Jen thought I was crazy. Obviously (laughs) I thought you were crazy. She could be right. We don't know, but she at least had that hunch, right? But then you guys, you made it work. So I have to ask Michelle, because this is the one thing I see a lot of folks ask is, you know, they see Jen and myself work together. You guys do too. How did Andrew rope you in and <laughs> get you to be like, yes. Um, or has he ever totally? Yeah, I, I don't know if it's done yet. Still on the fence. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, honestly, um, we both came from management jobs, um, which were high stress. I worked at a insurance brokerage agency where I managed a team of people. It was just high stress all the time. So I think it was really um, the idea of the freedoms that real estate would bring us and truly um, being able to see it like we could see it. You could see it in the in the distance when we were still working at our jobs and doing real estate on the side. But like we could see it and go, we can just get to the next step. We can get there. And honestly, I mean, our kids are very active in sports and extracurriculars. And so just having the freedom that we have really has been the thing that I'm, I'm most grateful for. Um, cause I can leave and pick them up from school if I need to, or just run all the errands, doctor's appointments, which are multiple (laughs) for three kids, um, and all the things. So did that answer? (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think what you said really is you, you saw the vision both together. Yeah. You saw the same vision of what you wanted and you came up with a game plan together of how you're going to get it. And no matter what it is, rather you work at an insurance agency, you have a corporate job, your construction, the person at the drive through at McDonald's, you're always going to have challenges in your job, no matter what. But the fact that you could do it with your family for your family, 
and then spend the time to do the things that I know my parents couldn't, I wasn't getting picked up from school. Yeah. Stopped off. There was Never. no way. And if I was sick as a little kid, you went to school, right? <laughs> you didn't, like that's what it was. So the fact that we could do a lot of the similar things has been really, it's been a gift. Uh, you know, this is what you work so hard for. Yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you in the beginning, uh, I don't know if Michelle remembers this, but um, like our mentor, one of my first coaches really that was in this space, he said to her, you know, buckle up, like this is going to be difficult. It's going to be a wild ride, but you know, there's good things on the end. And Michelle, I think her response was, she said, just don't touch my bank account. Right. (laughs) So (laughs) she's like, this is the money we live on. This is what we eat with. You know, this is how we pay the bills. She's like, whatever you do over there in that rental house and those flips and stuff, she's like, don't touch this because we, you know, we really couldn't afford to be to move money over and to lose money and that sort of thing. So she um, thankfully kind of gave me the freedom to say, all right, well, I'm going to make these decisions, um, but this is all I can work with. Right. Whatever we make, then we can reinvest it and, and let it grow that way. So that was really important for us starting out, really going full steam when we had young kids, right? Because there had to be a sense of security. And, and we, that had, we messed with that. I don't think she would have stuck around. She would, or not stuck around with me, but <laughs> she would, she would have been like, like pull the ripcord. We're done with the real estate stuff. Right. I'm out. Um, because the, she needed the security. And of course we all needed it, but um, the family needs that security when you go into this entrepreneurial type uh, yeah. adventure. Yeah. Cause that's what it is. It's an adventure and it's a wild ride because there's some times where, you know, you don't get a check for a while. And then there's other times you get these gigantic checks that were like what you used to make in a whole year. Yeah. yeah. And you know, so it's being able to manage the ups and downs and to try to keep a level head and keep that consistent. So generally the first thing that we talk about is always having that uh, a mindset because this is challenging at times when you say, Definitely. Oh yeah. yeah. So when you guys made that flip and you know, you say buckle up for that wild ride, what were some of the, the tips or the things that you've learned from that to make it from where it was just something that was the idea to where now we've got it to where we've gone. You obviously learned a lot on that journey. What were some of the things, the strategies that you implemented or tips that you thought were really, you know, those, those, Oh my God, this is great. <laughs> Uh, well, I'm trying to think back to then. I don't, I don't know that, <laughs> I don't know if my brain could, could comprehend what was happening because there was so much going on. Um, but it was the, uh, perseverance of just sticking to it, continuing to go through it. Um, in, in those early years of kind of like 2016, 17, 18, uh, for, for me, I was driving for dollars. So on the way home or on the way to work, uh, we were, of course, had kids at daycare. So if I was taking the kids to daycare, I'd take a different route. Or if I was just going straight to work, I was going to take a different route. I was looking for houses all the time. At my lunch break, I was going to Lowe's or meeting contractors at a project, uh, then driving for dollars on the way home or on the way back from lunch. And then, you know, same thing would happen after work. So it was like an all in immersive time of life. And one of the things that we also, kind of, I know I failed on a lot of it back then, but sometimes we tried to but set boundaries. So like when, when we came home with the kids is we would do kids stuff, right? We weren't talking work or looking online, Zillow and that kind of thing. 
but those kids went to bed pretty early back then. So <laughs> seven 30 ish. Um, then we would have about an hour until like eight 39 and she's an early to bed kind of gal. And I stay up late. So I was staying up late working, which, um, I wouldn't recommend you do that continually. That was not really, um, that kind of stuck along probably too long and we won't have to get into all that, but, um, but having that complete immersive time of life is a challenge, but if you persevere, you can get through it. So one of the things that we talk to, you know, you see a lot of people that are hustling, like I'm, I'm working all the time, 24 seven. And sometimes you kind of have to, it feels like that, but you can't do that forever. You've, you've got to, there's a time when, when that's okay. But then there's a time you got to stop it. So uh, Michelle persevered through that. You know, it was a lot of, I probably have a lot of energy. Uh, I did have a lot of energy back then. I don't know if I could do that now, <laughs> but that was one of the things that kind of kept us going was continual, just keep going, find the next thing. Mm-hmm. So, Well, you fill in the cracks, right? With whatever yeah. with little time you have. And Jen always says as being a parent, especially having three little ones at home, you know, that's tough on its own plus working plus now here you guys are trying to do a real estate business. Yeah. Like, what are you thinking? Right? Like it's <laughs> crazy just having a little one. So yeah, I understand that challenge. And I would think that was one of the, the biggest challenges that Jen and I had too, is, you know, not having a, a lot of support, a lot of family didn't live close to us. So even when we were back in New York, it was her and I really raising the kids her mostly and me running out the door to work every day and things like that. So putting those pieces together, like what you said, Andrew, you know, I'm sure when you're in the car, you're listening to something, you know, you're obviously driving for dollars, looking for opportunities everywhere you go. And it's the same thing where if you look for it, you'll find it. Yeah. I love that you said immersive, right? Because that season is so important to go all in and you have to remember that it is a season. I love that you touched on that even, you know, hustling is part of it but you can't hustle forever and you have to learn to kind of ride the waves and take that time off too. So thank you for, I just want to really pause on that for a minute and making sure like everyone listening, like, yes, you do have to go all in and you use all your spare cracks of the day, you know, mornings and drive times and this and that, but then also like turn it off and get your rest and spend time with your kids and your family. Otherwise burnout is real. So thank you for sharing that. (laughs) Well, it is too. I see, I, I know a lot of really successful people who are making very good money they're tired, they're miserable. They're, you know, and you really have to be as an entrepreneur working that line of getting the results that you want, but also making sure, why are you doing this? Mm-hmm. Are you doing it just for the money? Or are you doing it for other reasons too? And that's where you really want to have that focus. So as a, having a young family, especially that's the, you know, mm-hmm. there, there's a huge why. So you guys have uh, obviously a very impressive business an impressive portfolio. So when you're buying these houses, are they single family homes? You have multifamily. What is, what is it typically that you guys like to buy? Both. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We we made a goal at the beginning of 22 that we would no longer buy single families. Uh, So we had a goal last year that if we were buying anything to hold, it would have to be multifamily. Um, So last year, I know for sure we bought a 10 unit apartment complex. 16 unit. 16 unit, still needs rehab, we're holding that one. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, What else? Some duplexes, I think. Yeah. yeah, I don't, we should go back. I don't know if we actually held true to that. I wonder if we, <laughs> I wonder if we added some single families along the way. Uh, 
we do buy and in there. Our, our model is we buy and sell, right? So sometimes maybe they don't sell. And a lot of them we get on creative financing, right? Some owner financing. Uh, I'm thinking of one right now that's in West Columbia that, you know, we put 10,000 down, I think. And we've got a lot of equity in it. It's a wonderful house. Payment's really low. And so it's not selling right now because it needs some updates, but it's a great rental. And so we'll see, you know, that might be something we, we end up keeping by accident because of the terms are just phenomenal. Yeah. Bravo. You should talk to uh find maybe a tenant buyer doing a rent to own on that bad boy and collect. Well, that's what we, we put it out for that right now. <laughs> Those are some just of our went out last week, I think for that, you know, well, and that's what we do too. We're in some situations where we're either looking to sell it on the market or we can put a rent to own tenant buyer in there and whatever comes across that we seem to like the most is the choice that we go. So we have a few that we've actually recently sold because in New York, the market's still pretty hot. Um, and there's some where you're like, no, I want to definitely keep that and keep it for a while. And, uh, you know, make it as a long-term hold too. So I love those options. So you guys are doing a lot of creative finance deals. Do you still do a lot of those currently? Is that what you do? Uh, yeah. I mean, the 16 unit, that was a owner finance deal. Um, no money down, I believe. Yeah. No money down. Uh, really great deal on that one. And yes, somebody put in the chat that it is West, West Columbia, South Carolina. So wait a second, um, you're able to buy multifamilies with no money down with creative finance. Yeah. <laughs> I thought they yes. said that's not going to work. Oh, it absolutely works. Um, <laughs> that was absolutely probably one of our best deals. Um, like Michelle said, it's, it's getting renovated now. It actually had tenants in it all, you know, it, there's 16 units and I think all but two or three had tenants Now these tenants weren't paying very much, um, three to 500 bucks a unit they were paying and, uh, but they were paying. And so uh, we're, we removed the tenants and doing the renovations and they're all, they all should get about nine fifty when we're done. Wow. So you could buy it. Obviously you could increase the value, re-rent it, increase the entire value of your, of your deal. Oh yeah. So that's fantastic. So obviously that's what you're looking for is, you know, when you could do creative, yeah, we could do turnkey, but we also do a lot of them where they're going to need renovations and things like that too. And that's the best way if you're going to do renovations is buying it on terms, first of all. Oh yeah. Well, uh, this guy and, and for everybody listening like this, I know people are afraid to go to the multifamily, the 10 unit, the 20 unit, but the, the people that he's owned it for like 40 years, like, right. He built it and he and his sister owned it for forever. But he, these landlords that have those units, they understand long-term cash flow and they understand the value of mailbox money. So he really did. I mean, he literally said, I don't want you to buy it outright. I, he doesn't want to deal. He didn't want to deal with the money. He didn't want to deal with the tax implication, whatever it was. He's like, just pay me payments and make it. He wanted the payments to go longer than him. Like his life is what he said. He's like, I want my kids to still get payments. I was like, all right, well, we can work that out, you know? And so some folks are afraid to go for that product, but those are the best ones to talk to. If you find a 10 unit, 20 unit where the, the owners owned it for 30 or 40 years, they, they get it. Mm -hmm. Well, and you, and you brought up great points too. They're used to getting that mailbox money and maybe they just want that continual money, but they don't want that calls anymore. And yeah. uh, 
repairers and the what now calls and now that they could turn that over to you and just become the bank and it helps them with their taxes. Obviously that's huge. So that's a great, that's awesome. Um, so how did you find Mr. Seller? Did he reach out to you? Did you guys find him? No, I, um, I want to say he was probably a postcard. Oh yeah. No, he was a driver for dollars actually from back when the day when we were driving around when I was still working. Yeah. He was a long-term, yeah, he was a long, we, we worked on him for a long time. Um, his oh, wife. didn't just sell right away. You had to do some follow-up. Oh, can you believe that? <laughs> they didn't just long say Long time follow-up. Well, here's the deal. His wife was, when I got his wife on the phone, cause I called a house number or whatever. And she's like, yes, he needs to sell. He, he's ready to sell. It's, here's his number. Look, let me give you his number. He's actually, at, and she was like, go to this address. He's there now. Like he, she was telling me to go buy this house, but he of course wasn't ready. Like he just couldn't let go. Um, but I knew it was coming. Right. And so I, uh, talked to the wife a few times on purpose cause he wouldn't return my call. So I'd call the house number and <laughs> then finally he was ready. You know, at some point he was ready. So that one was, that was probably at least three years of follow-up three. Yeah. yeah. bought it last year. That's fantastic. So there's guys, these guys are dropping tons of amazing nuggets for you. So we're in a day and age where we want instant gratification. I know if, if I go to pull something up my phone and, and my phone takes an extra half a second to pull up my screen, <laughs> I am annoyed as can be. Yeah. And here the, they are, they're working on a deal for three years of follow-up, but then once again, They've got a 16 unit where they have a, an amazing opportunity on their hands that they're able to buy with seller financing. So they don't need a bank involved. No credit checks were pulled, no money down, probably just covering closing costs, I would imagine. And now you have a 16 unit in South Carolina. Yep. Right. So talking of, and the best part about it. So when I look at deals and I could, I underwrite deals for me, I look at how much money down. And what's my monthly payment? If you guys have it, the duration so long to where it's beyond him living, you probably have a good, decent payment too. So oh. where you could obviously increase rents and cash flow very nicely on that deal, I'd imagine. Oh yeah, the the monthly payment is like fifteen hundred something like that. Uh, we just had the property manager pays it out before we even see it, so wow. it, it's it's pretty good. I mean, it was cash flowing the day we bought it, even with super cheap rents, but we just don't want to manage that kind of stuff. Uh, we want it to be a little nicer. And when we do get it nicer, of course, we'll get much better cash flow. Yeah. My gosh, that sounds like an amazing deal. Yeah. There's a question about that. So if you are doing a remodel in a unit units like that, how do you remove the tenant while that's happening? Can you go into that a little bit? Sure. And, and it has, we have to do it legally, right? So the tenants that had leases, we had to give them proper notice and all that kind of stuff. And so some of them, of course, are fighting it and claiming COVID or whatever they were doing. And uh, so it took a little while. I think the last the last holdout just got out last month or the month before. So we had to run any of the leases. They had to run out. Uh, most of them are a month to month. So we just said, hey, can you find another place? And, and we knew we had longer people. So the property manager was real nice about it. Just like, hey, you know, we want to start remodeling. Can you go find another place to live? We'll give you a month or two, whatever it was. Uh, but then of course, if they didn't pay, he would evict them. Uh, but it, it was, it wasn't like kicking people out 
except for the one or two who just didn't want to leave because their rent was so cheap. <laughs> right. Well, at that point it was almost free. Yeah. So now you start the renovation process, obviously now that it's just re-renting, then you can refinance, which some people do if you ever wanted to, or if not keep his term in place, because it sounds like you wouldn't want to refinance. Yeah. And so actually I just talked to, uh, Zach was telling me about, because the owner really wants the term, right? He really wants the payment. You can actually substitute other properties into that note. So for instance, if we wanted to refi that product and get like a, a HELOC or, or like a line of credit, we could use that as capital for line of credit and just move his note onto some other buildings we have or um, other assets, right? Oh, so uh, basically a substitution of the collateral and we could do that because he doesn't want to get paid off. And a lot of those owners are like that. Wow. So you guys all get that? <laughs> it might be a little high level. I don't know. Watch that in the rewind. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Zach's a sharp guy. Um, we've been working on some stuff in Massachusetts on some of the stuff that he's looking at. Um, so future for you guys, you're obviously doing some fix and flips. Has that still been saying consistent in your area? I know the market's fluctuating in some areas. It's, it's still pretty hot. And I know some areas it's, it's been dropping off. So for where you guys live, how's that market been? And are you still considering and continue doing your flips? She does the flips. Wow. You won't let me do any <laughs> flips right now. <laughs> um, I went a little over budget on a couple of flips that I just finished up <laughs> a wee bit. <laughs> so um, I have four right now that I'm doing. So is it four? Yes. And four is a, is a manageable number. Uh, there was a point last year, I think we had 17 and I felt like I was losing my mind on the daily. <laughs> um, so four, four is manageable, but I'm not taking any new flips unless of course he finds one that is just too good of a deal to pass up, but I'm not taking any flips just yet. Yeah. We're, well, we're kind of getting out of, the things that were bought or run numbers that were run towards the end of last year between the ones that we did and some that are our deal partners that we did. Um, our market has not really, it hasn't gone like down or tanked or anything, but what we've seen is this, the price point, like over 300,000, the 300 to 400,000 has just like the buyer pool there is evaporated. Mm -hmm. So if, if, if you price it at 320, it's just going to sit there. Right. So a lot of the properties we bought just so happened at the end of the year or at the end of the summer flips were going to be in that price point. And so we finally got rid of one a couple of weeks ago. We still have one uh, that's at 320, you know? And so that's just kind of, we we're trying to get rid of some of that stuff before we add more uh, just, just because the market changed. We, we're not seeing like a drastic drop, but we're just seeing uh, that, price point being very slow. And so we don't really want to add anything else to it. <laughs> right. You know, and we're in the Tampa area, we're starting to see a similar thing here where the median and less is still doing, I think it's still pretty hot here, but I think when you start getting over that median and then the higher above that, it just really starts to cool down. Um, yeah. And, and our, our medium is median is, is 300. So 299,000 is the, yeah. um, 
median yeah. price, the average sales price. Um, when we pulled it this last week, we pulled it at the beginning of every month. It's through 299. So if you go above that, you just you're you're in trouble. So, so are you end up wholesaling more houses now because of that? Are we gonna do what? You will will you end up wholesaling more of those deals rather than keeping those because of that reason? Yeah. So what we do is we we wholesale everything. So we buy everything and then um either we'll just put it straight out or you know find one of our deal partners to flip it or we'll flip it or uh, keep it. So the ones in that price point, yeah, we are selling as is right now. Beautiful. How's that part going for it rather than doing the flips? I love it because it's a lot easier. <laughs> I was going to say, I did, I was waiting for your answer. That's I love doing that way more than I love doing a fix and flip. It's just buying it, cleaning it out, and then putting it on the market for sale retail. I love busting up a wall. <laughs> Give me a sledgehammer. <laughs> Michelle's like, but I don't get to fix anything. I'm like, that's the point. Let's just go. Oh. Well, and you know, how many times have you think about it where it maybe it doesn't happen, but it has happened to us before where, you know, we put in new flooring and things like that. Then what we did is rent to own like, well, we love that, but we want to tear out that carpet and, and put in new this flooring. And I'm like, I wish I knew that before, you know, there's $4,000 of flooring we ripped out of this brand new. Yeah. So, you know, the fact that you don't have to, to do that and you could just clean them out and then let the next person get a good deal. And then let them pick out the cabinets and the paint and all that. And there's no headaches. It's just so much easier. Yeah. We it goes faster. You know, um, we use our uh, wholesaling, the marketing side of the business as, as continual cash flow, right? That, that kind of drives the engine. So we can get it done faster over there. And uh, it, it keeps everything else rolling. It pays for marketing, pays for other things that we want to do. So. So you market through your wholesaling company, wholesale some deals, find the ones that are the keepers, mm -hmm. right? For long-term stuff. So bravo guys. So that's how you're able to get to so many doors so quickly, huh? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what it was. Um, before, before 2017, 18 ish, I didn't even know what wholesaling was. We never even heard the term. We bought everything from the MLS using agents. Mm -hmm. uh, and then found wholesaling in, in 2018. So our goal was that one of us would retire from the rental properties back then. And so that was, we were able to do that. And at the same time, we said, you know what, let's just go in and do this wholesale thing too. Like we can't both just sit around eating bonbons on the couch all day while the kids go to school. And that <laughs> so, never happened. Let me say. Never. So I was like, we'll both quit and we'll do wholesaling. Right. Cause Rental properties was kind of, we had property managers. So that's what we did. We started, went right into wholesaling 2019. Uh, we both were doing it. And then yeah. of course we started hiring people. And that's that's what catapulted us from 2018 was like 35 rentals to where we are now, where we've sold, we sold a bunch in 2020, 2021. And then of course we buy more, buy, sell, buy more, that kind of thing. So, I mean, there you go, let's go. I think Jen's got something. Uh, I was going to say, I'd love to kind of hear a little bit more about uh, your company itself. Some of the people that you have working with you for you, um, touching upon the executive assistant, which is definitely our next step here. Um, Cause you are, you, I just love this idea of really having, you know, obviously employees and people helping you build 
So if you could dive into that a little bit, and again, I know this is more, you know, when you first start out, it's the two of you, but as you grow, you need the help. Um, because there is definitely no bonbon eating. I, I definitely assure you. <laughs> no sitting around watching TV. No, All my friends are like, what are you binge watching? And I'm like, I don't even know what TV is right now. I know, right? <laughs> Amen, sister. <laughs> so, um, at 2019, it was really the two of us doing the wholesaling. I was doing screening all the calls, returning all the calls. He was making all the deals. Um, and just being self-aware of just our strengths and, you know, what we knew we were really good at and what we, what we maybe needed some help with, um, He's not a sales guy. He can do the job and he could do it really well, but it was not, he didn't enjoy it. It did not fit into his really good wheelhouse. And so we were like, we need to find an acquisitions person to take that off of you. And then we needed to find somebody who could really screen the calls so that I could focus more on the flips. And so I think our first hire was the person to do the, the calls, take all the incoming calls. And then we hired an acquisitions person who she was gangbusters from the get-go, um, just a really great hire. Um, so we were, we were really blessed to have those two come on. Um, one was mid-2019, the next was the very beginning of twenty which is crazy to look back on. Mm -hmm. um, we hired um, another, an additional person part-time in mid-20, I believe it was, um, just to kind of do some, some running around things for us, uh, the help with personnel a little bit. And then um, kind of as we were growing, we were figuring out like, okay, who are the people that we really need to be playing? And the gal who was working part-time for us, um, her husband was on the USC football team coaching staff and they ended up transferring to a different school. And so that's when we were like, okay, who do we really need? And we figured out we need an executive assistant <laughs> um, because, and this is something that I share with Jen at um, the, Mastermind. The mastermind where we met is like, if you don't have an executive assistant at this point in your business, then you're it. Um, you're the one who is doing all the administrative tasks. Um, and some of those I get as a small business, you can't necessarily give to somebody else because there, there are things that still need to be held privately in your business. Um, but an executive assistant can do a lot of the running errands that you're that you're doing, whether it's to attorney's offices, to the banks, um, taking keys and lock boxes and doing all those things. Mm -hmm. um, Holland is the gal we hired straight out of college. She's amazing. <laughs> She's got more energy than any person I've ever met, <laughs> more than a Starbucks espresso machine. Um, and she does do things for us, like she'll, she'll pick up um, dry cleaning maybe once a month for us. Um, there could be a day where we're both in a meeting in the afternoon and our kids need to be picked up from aftercare at like 4.30. Um, and so I can text her and say, can you go grab the kids? And she's on the list so she can go grab our kids. Um, but I mean, she really is um, organizing things for us. Um, we have an executive meeting every Friday with her where we run through all of our businesses um, kind of one by one, we ask questions like, you know, how was this week? What was the money coming in? What are the KPIs that we need to look at? 
um, what are next steps that we need to take in this business? And she, um, she takes all that and gives action points for Andrew, myself, for her. Um, and so it makes it a little bit easier for us to know, okay, you're responsible for that. I'm responsible for this. Um, and just keeps our business moving the next step forward, which is super helpful. Mm-hmm. On the, in the wholesale, the marketing team, we have one manager, an acquisition specialist and a VA that they, they run that. Um, and then we have a couple agents on the retail side. So what's a typical day look like running around the house like crazy, or do you have an office at home or do you have an office that you go to? We're in the office. office. (laughs) Yay. We bought this. Um, it's a two story building, um, in Columbia. We bought it in fall of 21. Mm-hmm. Yep. Fall of 21. There are renters, um, downstairs on the right side and on the left side and the whole upstairs was empty. Um, and so any, we took it. any specifics <laughs> you want to say about the whole buying press that buying process? I mean, the, this buying process was crazy it, just because of weird things outside of our, like the sellers was an LLC with four members, two of them had already passed away. And then a week before closing, another one passed away. Old members. He they're old. To say they're old. old. They're old. They're old. <laughs> um, but that was kind of wild. But the the property, this was one, I think, did they have it? They had it listed at like 450 or 499. And we offered 300,000. And I think we ended up at 330. And it was just one of those that we tell everybody, just make the offer that makes sense mm-hmm. to you. You never know what they're going to say. And, and I was shocked when they said, okay, but, but we got it. Um, and we ended up buying this with hard money and refinancing out with, uh, 30, I think we're on a 30 year note, 20 or 30 years. Wow. I just love your guys' story of how you guys, what you've, you know, how you've even started to where you've, I mean, it's an amazing accomplishment of what you guys are doing. And I know from myself and Jen, we do this. So I know a lot of the challenges that you guys have been through, although you have one more child than we do. So yes. you have that in the mix that we don't. Um, so yeah, that's Bravo. Hats off to you guys as far as how you're able to, you know, scale your business, work together. And I'm I'll be, you know, very honest with you, not want to, you know, choke each other out and love each other. Because <laughs> that's what's also really important is you have to be happily married. <laughs> is key. Right. And that's, what's really been, you know, the biggest blessing is Jen and I, our goal was always to get to work together. Um, when she was a teacher, I was working at a car dealership, you know, before even we had kids, we didn't get to see each other very often. You know, she was getting her master's degree. We didn't see each other. (laughs) Then you throw two kids into the mix and you see each other even less and it gets to be chaotic. So our goal, that that was our big why. Yeah. And even to this day, I feel like the less we see each other, the more I'm like, not, I'm not happy. Like I, that's why we're so torn with the office space. Like we've been working from home. It's gorgeous in Florida, but like, I like having the team here and Joe home. And, you know, so I keep going back and forth. Um, do you, do you work from home at all? Or are you guys mainly in your office? So we, prior to being in the office, we have an office in our home that we were using and we were side by side. We had a long kind of desk. He was on one end. I was on the other here at the office, we share um, a larger office and I sit on the other side, like literally mirroring this desk. And so we sit across from each other and, you know, 
we'll talk to each other during the day, but it's all work related stuff. And so my love language is quality time. And so we have usually once a week a date where I'm like, if we could just not talk a whole lot about work, maybe a little bit, but you know, like you, we still have to connect on things that aren't, you know, P and L's and things like that. Um, but it is, it is fun to be able to get to work with your spouse. And people often ask, like, I could never work or say, I could never work with my spouse. And I thought, I used to say the same thing. Like I, I used to say I would <laughs> die if I had to work with my spouse. I can't believe you said that. Um, but uh, Andrew is, he's a fun guy and a funny guy. And uh, he keeps us all laughing with his dad jokes. So <laughs> there's a lot of dad jokes in here, but we have a good time together. Well, that's what it's about. Yeah. So we, we did have an office at the house and we invited when we were, we had employees and team members and we'd have them come over and then we'd work at like the dining room table to have like a meeting. Yeah. And you know, it was like COVID time, like it's okay, whatever it works for now. But <clears throat> when we got out of there, 2021, we're like, y'all this, we can't continue this. Um, I didn't like that. I, I got a lot less work done in the house. And so we, we were looking for an office. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's strange. We did everything virtually for years. Yeah. We get an office here. I feel more productive going to the office, but then we, it's been, it's been really nice down here and we've got the pool out back. So we told the team this week, we're going to work out of the, out of here. And like yesterday, just the atmosphere, the vibe, the deal making Jen ringing the bell. Cause there's action going on. And, you know, we just had an amazing day. And it's like, once again, like, do we want this cold air conditioned office or do we want to, so it's, we love the office because of the productivity part of it. We homeschool. Yeah. So at any minute we're out back talking to a seller, my eight-year-old son come out and show me how his YouTube just went viral on something he made. <laughs> Shoot um, you with a Nerf gun. Yeah. He literally he's our dispo managers outside and I see Bradley squirting like a water bottle in his face. And he's <laughs> 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 so yeah. <laughs> you do have a little bit of that, but luckily, um, our dispo manager is also young and they yeah, get over great. <laughs> <laughs> our son, that's going to be your boss one day. Be nice to him. Yes. And so <laughs> throw you in the pool. And he's like, he's not going to be my boss. Maybe he's already your boss. So, <laughs> all right. So if I know, I don't want to take your time too much here guys, but if there's anyone listening and they're, they're inspired by your story, um, what is your number one piece of advice? If they're looking to do their first deal and then I'd love to love for you to share where people can find you. Do you want to do one? You go first. I'm thinking I'm on. Oh, you're going to copy me. I'm a processor. (laughs) (laughs) Copy you. Um, So finding your first deal, this is something I preach about, teach about all the time. So uh, it's a mindset shift where, and we we have a local meetup um, and podcast and all that stuff that we renamed Deal Finders this year because it's, it, well, you said it earlier was immersive. You've got to be immersed in being a deal finder. And what that means is not like, oh, I like listening to podcasts. I'd love to find a deal one day. I hope somebody brings me one. It's no, I'm a deal finder. My eyes are open. My ears are open. And I'm going to talk about it. I'm going to open my mouth and tell people that I'm looking for a discount property, a property that needs love, whatever, something that can't sell, whatever you're looking for. You, you open your mouth and tell people about it and then look for it. It's probably 
most likely in your neighborhood within arm's reach, either in your current network of people, your friends, your family, whatever, or literally in your neighborhood. Um, quick story while she's still thinking when in 2013, we moved in the house we live in now. Um, we had a young Reynolds was just born and we moved and we said, man, that house across the street really sticks out like a sore thumb. Looks like crap. I was like, we had two or three rentals at this time. I was like, that's a renter. They'll be gone. No big deal. Like they'll be gone. We'll buy this house. It's not a big deal. There's a big front yard. We don't have to talk to them. And we we sat on, we used to sit on the front porch and rock in chairs all the time. We watched those people get evicted, get kicked out. We watched it get foreclosed and go for sale on the MLS. And just because we weren't in the mindset of a deal finder, we literally watched it get sold to um, a, a newbie flipper. He was brand new, retired out of the military and he bought it. And he started flipping it and he made $75,000 across the street from us <laughs> while we rocked our two month old in the chair. Like when I think about it, I just want to shoot myself and say, what in the world? And he, I hope he's not listening. It, he made it kind of ugly. And <laughs> so, I mean, it was terrible. It's just paint colors, but not ourselves. Right. It's just paint colors, but like, that's the kind of stuff that, makes me upset because I missed those. But if you are listening to this and that's, and you want to be a deal finder, want to find a deal, just open your eyes, open your eyes. I'm going to piggyback on that. Um, and one of the ways that Andrew uh, talks about finding a deal is walking for dollars. Yeah. Um, so I'm just going to say, if you're thinking about doing it, if you're looking for something, walk your neighborhood, Yeah. walk your neighborhood talk to the neighbors. We, we walk our dog. Uh, he's currently heavily medicated. Um, but we <laughs> walk our dog every night and every night I'm like, there's a house, yeah. there's a house, send him a postcard. There's a house. So walk your neighborhood, talk to the neighbors. Cause they know the scoop. Yeah. Miss Mary Carolyn's trying to get us to buy the one across the street. Cause she knows the lady's in trouble. We talk to her, you know, it's one of those things that we might eventually get it because they know the scoop. They know it. Yeah. I mean, you guys are spot on, spot on, you know, getting to know the community right in your own backyard um, because the deals are everywhere. They're literally everywhere. So the closer to home you look, you'll find them. So, you know, go that different route to the store or go that different route to work. Go take that different street that you different, you know, you normally didn't. And then look while you're driving, look for that tall grass, the notes, tons of mail in the mailbox. You know, in the wintertime, if you're up north, look for snow that hasn't been plowed in forever. So all those little telltale signs where this house could be a distressed property. And like you said, get out, talk to the neighbors. They know what's going on. And that's the best type of information you guys are going to get. So you can see why you guys are awesome. So we truly mean it. When we were at this mastermind, there's a ton of really great people there, but we kept on having dinner with, with, uh, with these two just kept on, just had that great connection. So they're really doing the business and that's the key to it. They're doing the business at a high level and they're doing it together, living and making it on their terms. And that's, what's awesome. Yeah. So. And they're go-givers. So like I was saying, you know, definitely where can we find you? Because I know you're going to have people reaching out. You have an amazing podcast. Thank you for having us on it before. And that's how we got connected through the family mastermind. So again, networking is huge, everybody. So make sure that you are joining, friending, you know, being part of online communities and especially in your own backyard communities. But Andrew, Michelle, you are on Instagram, you're on Facebook and you have a podcast. You drop those below too for us. Yeah. I'm going to, um, I'm just going to put our website 
It's dealfindersclub.com. And on there is the YouTube or the, well, the YouTube, but also the podcast, which I think did theirs just drop today or was that last Tuesday? Uh, no, theirs was a couple of weeks ago. Oh, yeah. Yours is already live yeah. on dealfindersclub.com. Perfect. So for if you're not watching this and you're hearing it on the rear one, go to dealfindersclub.com. Check out more about these two. I'm telling you, they are on to something really amazing. They're on an amazing journey. You're not going to want to miss this too. And what fantastic people in the boot. So, I mean, you got everything all there. You guys are so sweet. <laughs> oh. We well, appreciate I will it. Tell you yeah. what, Jen is very, um, when she says that I met somebody and I really, really like them, um, I know they have to be awesome people. <laughs> so, and she still talks about you guys all the time. We both do. So I know that um, it's pretty cool. So once again, too, this is part of networking while we're here. If you have any leads mm-hmm. in Columbia, South Carolina, guys, you know, now you've got folks there who know the market who could, you know, obviously they might want your deal or they might point you in the right direction too. So that's part of also what we love about having this group of, of getting to know other folks who are doing real estate at a high level. They understand wholesaling. They understand creative finance. They could list one of your house on the market. I mean, these guys could do it all there, even fix and flips unless, but it better be a good deal right now. Mm-hmm. Not Michelle ain't touching it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we might buy it and then sell it right away though. Yes, exactly. So, so cool guys. Thank you so much for Thank coming you. on today. I would Thank really you all so much it. for having us. And uh, you keep doing amazing things and you definitely uh, make sure you guys give them a follow. All right. Thank so, you. All right, Thanks guys. Everybody. Have, Have a great, great day. Bye. Right, Bye. See y'all.